4: Hello everyone, this afternoon on the Marketplace. could oil uh, cause gains in prices over the past few weeks, hitting $85 a barrel. Uh, are we at a tipping point? And what could be the implication for fuel prices locally? Also coming up, National Petroleum Authority says citizens without Ghana Card risk being excluded from the cylinder recirculation model program. This yes,
5: has been an investment by a bottling plant. We need to know at every point in time who has it. So it's a simple registration process.
4: Also ahead, despite the effect of the domestic debt exchange program on consumer confidence, Ecobank remained the biggest bank in Ghana in 2022 with a market share of 13.58%. Meantime, bank deposits more than doubled last year. We will discuss. My name is Daryl Kual. Thanks for being with us. Details coming up. So staying with us, everyone. Crude oil has been recording gains in prices over the past few weeks. Last Friday, Brent Could hit $86 a barrel after top producers Saudi Arabia and Russia extended supply costs through September, adding to undersupply concerns. What are the implications for us? Uh, joining me on Zoom is energy strategist Yusuf Suleimana, also CEO of Eureka Energy Solutions and Emerging Energy Consultancy firm. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, uh, this afternoon, as we look at the prices right now, uh, Brent crude, $85 a barrel. Are we heading to another tipping point? And tell us more about what is accounting for this rally. Yeah,
6: thank you very much, uh, Darren. Good afternoon to you and good afternoon to your cherished viewers uh, in Ghana and across the globe. And thank you, thank you for having me once again. Yeah, yeah so indeed, um, um, that's very interesting uh, things are developing very fast within the international scene. Um, indeed, within the week, we have this kind of bullish sentiment that is setting into the market. Uh, typically, uh, typically, we have three categories of factors that are accountable for this. Uh, one would be the recessionary tendencies uh, that is beginning to tame down. Um, the second one being upper cuts that you have just mentioned. And then the third one is uh, revitalization of the Chinese economies. Um, so, um, if you look at these three factors, Darrell, I think at this moment in time, what is holding much potency in, in, in deciding what the prices are prevailing, uh, what the price is actually being sold at the current market, is supply destruction. We have a, quite a number of supply distractions uh, that are happening within the market. Uh, yes, so, not even this quantitative tightening in terms of this exchange rate, I mean, policy risk hikes from the central banks, notably Fed from the US and then the ECB, that is. Uh, I mean, European Central Bank from the uh, Europe zone is able to tame the prices. So, um, yes, OPEC have announced, They have, especially OPEC-Kingpick, Saudi Arabia, the phenomenally has announced that they will keep the supply cut of voluntary 1 million barrels out of the market. That is huge. Alongside, Russia has also announced that they will also take about 0.3 million barrels out of the market. That is huge. So we are living in a time where um, these two players, this OPEC-plus leader, which is, uh, which is um, Russia and then OPEC, uh, leader open king they are so the cohesion is very strong and they coordinate this activity so yes we are now beginning to see that impact being felt on the market and that i see that there are two opposing forces one um the quantitative tightening by the west you know in a way that they also want to reduce oil prices they want to put downward pressure on the oil prices and then the OPEC guys also equally see that as, as 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 a market destruction and they see what they are their intervention as Still rising mm. the market, so there are interesting times ahead, uh, Darrell, uh, But what for? is accountable for the price now is just because of supply distractions, here. Yeah.
4: For how long would we see this price rally? Do you think?
6: Oh yes, yeah. sorry to, um, uh, it, It's early days yet, um, so the market we have to just monitor the market. Um, assuming it stays like this, you know, getting to our next window, so definitely we're going to have pressures uh, coming onto our pump. So. The persistence or the sustainability of this price hike will be dependent on the, on the persistence of these factors that are just enumerated. And the situation is still looking fluid. Um, we will have it coming down, but OPEC is bent on keeping oil price at the 80s, Darrell.
4: What direct impact would it have on the pumps? Uh, we're monitoring the currency market as well. The, the city has been fairly stable over the past
6: few weeks. So that is the fact, if you have a multiplicity of factors impacting your pumps, this is what is happening. Sometimes you said your head is aching you before your leg is aching you. <laughs> so yes, the city could be doing well, and, and again, the international market is not looking too favorable at this many times. So what, what will happen is that even the stability of the city, if this trajectory in the international scene uh, persists, uh, we could have a, a purchase settled on the pumps. But like I said... Um, the direct impact is that there will be much, 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 more, much more pressures on the pump if the situation persists for a longer period of time. But like I mentioned, it's early days yet. We just have to give it, and I'm sure by the end of our next window, we'll have the picture very clear. But I can say that this bullish sentiment, we are looking more potent at this moment in time you know, than the potential bearish sentiment that
4: Uh, Let's talk strategies. I mean, what what can we do? uh, What can we implement to minimize the impact of such uh, rapid fluctuations?
6: Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, um, You see, in Ghana, uh, you are spot on, uh, Darrell. I I seem to see that we are living in what we call a strategic vacuum. We lack, you know, a a very concerted strategy to be able to tackle this, uh, you know, perennial boom and bust or oil cycle, you know, fluctuations. Um, in, in most regions, what they do is if you have an upstream and your downstream industry, I mean you should have if you make concerted effort to be able to link up the two. When I say link up the two, you have to have a workable formula so that whenever the upstream is booming, bear in mind that your downstream will struggle. And if you don't have that kind of workable formula where you can cascade some benefit from the upstream to the downstream and then the vice versa, you will always complain when oil prices rise, and you will equally complain when oil prices drop. And that's what is happening. So what I always add is that in Nigeria, they are taking an excellent cue from this. Mm. If you notice NMTC in Nigeria, they are taking a serial stick and done with this refinery. That is the way to go. Even if you don't have a workable refinery, if the upstream is booming, let's not think that we are having a windfall. The downstream is going to struggle. So let's work out the formula, maybe the X plus that we are not expecting coming from the upstream. Let's have a way of cascading it to the downstream to cool down the pump. Because ultimately... If the downstream burns out, whatever you gain from the upstream is going to vaporize. You know, and, and from where I see, it, I think downstream it has direct impact on the economic growth and economic survival of populace as compared to the upstream, because work prices are very high. That cascade into your inflation figure, That cascade onto what the common man, common man or common uh, person buys on the streets. So if you can not handle your poor prices fluctuations, then you can just be. It's certain that you cannot have
4: firm handle on your economic, you know, uh, uh, revitalization. Daru. Dr. Isis Sulimana, Energy Strategist, also Chief Executive of Eureka Energy Solutions and, and Emerging Um uh, Energy Consultancy I Appreciate your time with us or well, next to uh, the National Petroleum Authority, which says citizens without the Ghana card. Risk being excluded in the cylinder recirculation model program. According to the authority, this is to help in the traceability of the cylinders by exchange point dealers. Deputy Chief Executive Perry Okudieto explains that this is an investment by a bottling plant. Hence, this move will serve the interests of Ghanaians across the country. He was speaking at a media engagement.
6: Cylinders
5: have been an investment by a bottling plant. We need to know at every point in time. Who has it? So it's a simple registration process. You go to an exchange point, you identify yourself, they take your details, and you must have a valid... When you go to a bank to cash a check, you present a Ghana card. If you go to an exchange point, you present a Ghana card. The Ghana card has all your details, has your location, where you live, and all of that on it. So that we can have or the exchange point can have data and there can be traceability in case the cylinder goes and for one year it doesn't come back. So that is for the registration. Well, apart from Ghana card, if there's another form of identification that gives the exchange point operator comfort. And you know, the exchange points we have are not going to be too different from what we currently have what will be different is that they are not going to fill the cylinder on site the cylinders will be delivered from the bottling plant that is the only thing that is going to change so usually you notice that exchange points have a relationship with the community
4: Now, despite the effect of the domestic debt exchange program on consumer confidence, Ecobank Ghana remained the biggest bank in the country in 2022 with a market share of 13.58%. According to the 2023 Ghana Banking Survey by accounting and auditing firm PwC, its market share in terms of banking industry share of deposits was better than the 11.93% recorded uh, in 2021. Here's more in this report.
7: GCB Bank placed second but lost some market share in terms of the industry's deposits. In 2022, its market share stood at 10.87%, slightly lower than the 11.43% recorded in 2021. From a trend analysis, GCB Bank has been losing its market share since 2017. The third, fourth, and fifth positions were occupied by stambik bank ghana absa bank ghana and consolidated bank ghana indeed consolidated bank ghana improved its position and overtook fidelity bank to fifth place from sixth place in 2021 although its total percentage of deposits to the industry deposits decreased in 2022 at the end of 2022 the Other banks in the top 10 of industry deposits were Fidelity Bank, Zenith Bank, Stanchat, Asses Bank, and Cal Bank. Again, Ecobank Ghana maintained its position as the bank with the biggest loans and advances in the industry last year. Its share of industry loans was 14.7%. Meanwhile, the banking sector saw a jump in deposits' growth by more than double the growth recorded in 2021,
4: Uh, on Zoom with us uh, to discuss uh, some of the outcomes of the Ghana Banking Survey by the PwC's banking consultant, Christian Tichijan. Good afternoon to you. Uh, one of the observations, Christian, from uh, the survey was a jump in deposits uh, by more than double the growth recorded in 2021. I mean, compared to 12.1% rise observed in 2021, growth in deposits was, was 31.3% as of the end of 2022. How do you explain this?
8: And thanks again um, for having me this afternoon. Um, There were a lot of issues um, with the government securities runoff to the the domestic debt exchange program. That was making a lot of the institutions to downgrade the the, the government's uh, portfolio coupled with certain uncertainties. The, the general public had actually gotten wind of a lot of the things that were happening. So they didn't feel their investments actually were safe with the government. Um, so some of them were even uh, terminating prematurely their investments um, in the government's portfolios, even including the, the T-bills. And those who were discounting it were now placing it with the um, universal banks in fixed deposits, and that scenario and that trend led to the banks having a rise in their total um, deposit portfolio, as captured in the um, PwC report. So it was as a result of people losing confidence in the government um, long-term securities so or even short-term securities, and now placing it with the banks um, in fixed deposits.
4: And the, the Ghana banking survey was was themed on how banks intend to build back after. Uh, a challenging year. We saw what happened with the DDP in 2022. Now, most of the banks uh, in their responses wish they had taken a less significant position in government securities. Do you think uh, we're going to see that happen going forward? What would the implications be for government?
1: Yeah, um, rightly so. It, 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 over the years, it had actually... Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket?
8: never happened when government securities had been in doubt in terms of uh, the risk and over the years they, they, they had been risk rated at zero percent so that had given that portfolio a lot of confidence and of course now we expect them to have diversified um, port- portfolios where um, they wouldn't be suffering from that concentration risk as they used to do and uh, all the issues that actually happened with them. On implications to government, we don't really expect that high oversubscription, especially in government um, long-term securities. The short-term securities, does, uh, the, the treasury bills will continue to enjoy higher patronage. But in the long run, government will be the, the ultimate beneficiary since um, now a lot of the banks will channel some of the funds that they will have actually invested in the government treasuries now into Um, giving out loans to their customers. And so far as that happens, it begins to expand the economy. And when the economy gets um, expanded, um, there are a lot of ramifications and a lot of benefits that um, the economy will enjoy once it gets expanded. And at the end of the day, it's it's the government of the day that will actually be receiving the plaudits for um, some of these things when it does happen.
4: And, again, uh, banks, based on the survey, thought uh, they should have used more robust economic policy analysis and market research to improve the ability to predict uh, economic risks. How significant is this? What do you think would have changed about the outcome we saw in 2022?
2: Yeah,
8: um, rightly so. Very few of these banks have got what we call the market research departments um, that will have been charged to give insights into some of these happenings and predict um, future phenomena. And based on um, some of these variables that they were going to actually um, research in in them. And that duty or exercise can really not be underrated, and it's a must-have department for all the banks. I wouldn't be surprised if now they are beginning to set them up or they are springing up in the banks, and it's a must-have like I've already indicated. Institutions actually thrive on some of these departments for sustainability based on the predictions that um, we are able to give. And um, it's not to say that having that department solves all your problems, but at least um, it gives a bit of leverage in terms of research into the unknown. And the predictions that are actually given into the future will be made, um, which could be very valuable significance to um, the issue that, um, for example, we are having on hand with the uh, domestic debt exchange program and all of these um, economic meltdown that they actually, um, the country actually um, went through.
4: Well, so with the, with the second DDP underway, uh, banks appear calm. What, what meaning should we read into this? Um, have they got everything under control?
8: Um, yes, um, they, they, they've got this under control. Already all government portfolios have been downgraded and even in some instances, um, provisions have been made, adequate provisions. Um, some have even made 100%. Provisions for them, and that culminated in the losses made up by banks in um, 2022. That was last year. So I would say the worst has already happened. They've they've seen the worst, and most of these banks also held the dollar-denominated um, securities, which is the portfolio that is going to be dealt with now. But like I've said earlier, um, provisions have already been made, um, and then the impact have already been seen in last year's figures. And with the government support of 15 billion. Um, to complement the existing framework by Bank of Ghana, where they give liquidity support to some of these institutions. And they they appear calmer because they've seen the worst of it, and adequate provisions have actually been been made, Um, which is quite different from the earlier um, DDP that happened, where there were so many uncertainties. They weren't sure which ones were going to be touched, which ones were not going to be touched. It was going to be wholesale, which um, portfolios were going to get exemptions. There was so much uncertainty with the previous um, exercise, but this one, because they've they've already made adequate provision, they they appear calmer. Chris and Titi Jan, uh, great to speak with you this afternoon, banking
4: consultant there. Well, the Bank of Ghana has vowed to strictly enforce the zero financing of government, um, as any breach could affect the country's program with the IMF. The central bank at the beginning of this year commenced the policy as part of the IMF program. However, based on the liquidity challenges facing government, there are fears that the central bank could go back to the program, but Director of Research Dr. Philip Abedu Otu says that will not happen.
3: If we, 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 we go against that zero financing, it will have implications for the IMF program implementation and that might create all sorts of uh, problems for us regarding uh, the triggering of other flows associated with the completion of each IMF review would have missed that critical target it will become big news Uh, it could flip into other things as we move Mm. along for the first seven months of the year uh, we've respected that's zero financing. And there
4: hasn't even been a thousand Ghana elites or even a hundred Ghana's elites support government to, to balance the books no. or
3: to meet a liquidity challenge. No. Absolutely no. And you're enforcing it to the letter. We're enforcing it to the but letter. But some
6: it could come with some shocks again for the economy where government needs some amount of money to balance its operations. We'll
3: still stand our
6: ground.
4: We'll
3: still stand our ground.
4: And that has been done. That has been done. Let's turn now to the financial markets. Government Treasury bill sale fell short of target marginally as interest rates continue to surge on the money market. Now, according to the auction result published by the Bank of Ghana, the government secured 2.179 billion cities as against a target of 2.261 billion cities. Patrick Edema Gama is with us on Zoom. Good afternoon to you, Patrick. A bit more detail about Friday's auction and what to look forward to this week.
9: Hello. Right. Well, on the money market, we noticed that there was a shortfall, slight shortfall was still uh, recorded, although the money collected was enough to cover the maturing securities of 2.13 uh, billion. Uh, we also noticed that on the 364 day bill, the government rejected about 4 million Ghana cedis due to high yields. Now, the 91 day declared that an interest rate of 25.57 increasing by 33.06 basis points, whilst the 182-day cleared at 27.28%, increasing by 13.47 basis points. We also saw that 364-day closing at thirty point four nine percent increasing by 18.53 basis points. Again, in this, uh, the 91 day was desired by most uh, investors. It, it took about 63.6% of the auction against 29.8 and 6.6 6 for the 182 day and 364 day bill.
4: And and on the stock market, uh, shares of Fon Milk Societe Generale and Standard Chartered Bank are expected to dominate the equity market this week. What's happening with the stocks? With those stocks?
9: Well, we are, we are seeing increasing demand for these stocks, uh, as well as GGB or Societe keeps increasing, and there is limited supply. And again, on the stock market, investors of Bob and Guel should expect some dividend payments in the course of the week. But Bob is paying about 94 pesos, as well as Google is paying 0.056 pesos per share.
4: Anything else to be on the lookout for this week, Patrick?
9: Well, the, the the government is targeting about three billion for the auction this week. We expect interest uh, to be in the short side of the auction, so we expect ninety one day to take most of the auctions as usual.
4: Thank you so much, uh, Patrick Adam Agama. There he is, uh, head of trading at uh, Republic Securities. Appreciate your time with us this afternoon. Well, our next story is on illegal mining. The vagaries of climate change and the devastating influence of illegal mining on farmlands are taking a toll on Ghana's agri sector food security and biodiversity. It has been estimated that the country may, in the coming years, struggle to feed its indigents if measures are not instituted to fight the menace. Fortunately, uh, 50-acre lands in six districts within Obuasi and Adansi areas degraded by illegal mining activities are being reclaimed through an oil Palm Plantation. Emmanuel Bright-Kweku has more in this report.
2: Several open shallow pits dotted across an abandoned illegal mining site at Adasi on the outskirts of the Obwasi municipality. Like other communities and agricultural plantations ravaged by artisanal mining, the impact of the illegal activities are glaring. Director of agric for Obuasi East, Yao Osei, says the illegal miners have overtaken lowlands purposed for horticultural produce, threatening food security in a district.
9: Uh, most of the uh, lowland areas which were used to cultivate vegetables and rice have been taken over by these uh, galamseyes, these activities of galamseyes. And if care is not taken... Uh, it will go a long way to affect the food production in the district. which will also go a, a, a long way to affect the food, situation, food security situation in the country in general.
2: Formation of sinkholes, contamination of soil and loss of biodiversity are a few of the deleterious impacts of illegal mining on farmlands. There have been urgent calls on the government to find pragmatic solutions to the menace. In its bid to salvage the Western situation, Anglo de Shanti Obwasi Mine, through its 10 year socio economic development plan, is converting about 50 acre degraded lands in the Obwasi municipality and five adjoining districts into agroforestry block farms. Launched two years ago, the climate resilient oil palm project is expected to contribute to Ghana's deforestation mitigation targets by the end of 2026. Daniel Atabentum, a sustainability superintendent at AGA Obwasa Mine.
10: As part of our socioeconomic development plan, 10-year plan, uh, great intervention is one of the key areas that we are looking at. Uh, so if you look at the plan, we've made several support towards agriculture. One of the key or highlight areas is the climate resilience oil palm project, which is affecting about six districts within the Adansian Enclave, And this is to try and then... Uh, see how we're able to use oil palm to reclaim lots of the land that have been degraded or that has been used for mining purposes. Uh, in the study with out that shows that uh, the Adansian cliff is what is is climate vulnerable.
2: Nearly 30,000 oil palm seedlings of two variants are being distributed to over 2,500 farmers in the Oboasi Municipal, Obwasi East, Adansi North, Adansi South, Adansi Asokwa and Adansi Aquafoam Districts.
10: So uh, right here in the seedling yard we have about two varieties uh, that is the the palm millet and then also the one we got from uh, Ghana Sumatra uh, each of these seedlings have their strengths, uh, and we would want to uh, sort of put it across the Adansi Enclave and learn from it. One is good and resistant to uh, drought. The other also comes in abundance when it's seasonal, and, and these are the balances that we want the farmers to have. Such that in their farm, you see different varieties and and, and we're standing different different conditions that we face within the Adansi Enclave.
4: And that's the marketplace. Thanks, everyone, for watching. There is more news on our website, myjoyonline.com forward slash business. We will assign Ghana a positive rating once local currency bonds held by pension funds are restructured. That's according to Fitch. You can find that story on myjoyonline.com forward slash business. Let's go up one more. Uh, See, Yeah, FBN was most liquid bank. In Ghana in 2022, that's according to the 2023 Ghana Banking Survey, which we have been talking about uh, this afternoon. Uh, let's do one more headline before we go on our website. Also, on the Ghana Banking Survey, Ecobank Ghana remains biggest bank in Ghana. So you can read more on myjoyonline.com forward slash business. My name is Daryl Kwab. Thanks for watching. We will be back same time tomorrow.